Good evening, everybody. We are here with our first Q&A of this 12th month, wow. December the 3rd, session 146. Hallelujah. We just thank God for the questions. And as usual, we trust God for the answers. And uh, we just thank for thank everyone who sends the questions from all around the world, literally. We just thank you. And before we begin, once again, we look to the Lord. Father, this evening, we look to you, Father. Yes, we Lord. thank you, thank you, Father, for your presence in our lives. Mm. But thank you, Lord, for bringing us through 11 months. Thank you, mm. thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. As we are here on the third day of the 12th month, yes, we believe, Lord, the God who began the good work in us mm. is faithful to yes. complete it, Lord. We commit tonight's Q&A into thy hands, mm. and I pray it will strengthen, edify your people, answer queries people must have carried with them for years. But today, Lord, I pray you speak through us, O oh Lord. Mm. Strengthen, comfort, heal, deliver. You're the God who does it all through your word and through your spirit. So we surrender ourselves into thy hands, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Richard. So there's so many questions on spiritual gifts and spiritual and speaking in tongues, etc. Okay. We'll start with question number seven. Uh, it says a new realm of spiritual conflict. One reason for this is that the sp- baptism of the spirit. It does not merely lead into a realm of new spiritual blessing, right? It leads also into a realm of new spiritual conflict. As a logical consequence, increased power from God will always bring with it increased opposition from Satan. Would you agree with me and your light, your thoughts on us, please? Yes. And uh, the pattern is established uh, right there. Like, like we keep reiterating this fact that for us in the new covenant, we are new covenant people, remember? We are not old covenant people. The pattern is Jesus. For old covenant people, the pattern is Adam. Mm. New covenant people, the pattern is Jesus. Mm. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Mm. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have been made new and pattern is Jesus. And Jesus, the word of God says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So if you go to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1 onwards, this is the pattern we have. Okay. Then, Mm. when, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Okay, he's baptized, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, so there's a logical progression. The father is not leading the son to be tested, to battle the enemy one-on-one until he has been filled with the Spirit. Because the son has come to witness the father. And we are witnessing the son. Mm. And Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until you have received power. Mm. Then you shall be my witness. Because who opposes the witness? It's the devil who opposes yes. the witness. When yes. Jesus was on earth, the devil was first trying to oppose Jesus from witnessing the Father. And then through others trying to oppose the witness of the Father through Jesus Christ. This is the two things he does. Mm. First, he will try to oppose us from witnessing the life of Christ Jesus. That's the battle we face. Every day the battle is that the devil is trying to oppose us witnessing the life of Jesus Christ or Christ living through us. So we have to win that battle. 
when we win that battle, he will try to oppose that witness in others. So you will see wherever Jesus went, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the priests, all these people were opposing him. Mm. When he couldn't oppose the life of Jesus, Father in Jesus, then he tried to oppose that witness through others. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit leads to this logical conclusion. Why is it given for? What is it given for? What is the purpose? If you go to uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse uh, 5 and then verse 8, okay? For truly Jesus baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What happens? You shall. What happens when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit? Mm. There's a difference between life and power. When you are born again, you receive the life of the Father, okay, life of God. As many as you received him, he gave them the power or the authority to become the children of God, mm-hmm. okay? But when you are baptized or filled, actually it should be continuously filled as you keep on growing, okay? So like uh, when a child is born, its intake of food, mm. which results in its strength, and as it keeps on growing, the intake is not the same. If you were to give a seven-year-old child what you fed the baby when it was seven months old, the child is not going to grow because it needs more to produce the energy to lead a seven-year-old life. And the same thing, if you feed a 17-year-old young man what you fed a seven-year-old, yes. okay, what happens is he is not going to be able to perform because he needs more. So mm. in the same way the Bible talks about, we have to be continuously to be filled with the Holy Spirit as we keep growing in the Lord because the testing and the struggles and the battle becomes intense. Mm. Okay, Sometimes battles are not intense simply because we are not growing. Mm. Spiritually, battles are the same. We are at one plateau. It's because we are not growing spiritually. Because if you are growing spiritually, immediately you'll be aware of your lack of strength and you will want to be filled with the Holy Spirit even more. You'll want to be filled with the Holy Spirit because new, fresh and new battles needs more power, no strength. Mm. So he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria. And so what is the power for? To be witnesses. Jesus came to witness the Father. So he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Paul was witnessing Jesus and a point comes, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. So he says, if Christ were to live in a man, this is how you would live. He had come to that point. If you go to Ephesians 6 and verse 10, if I'm right, this is a precursor to the battle we are going to face, how we are going to, okay? So if you say, finally, my brethren, it says very clear, be strong in the Lord. Don't just be strong. You can't fight this unseen enemy. He's spiritual. In the, all the strength of man and all the weapons of human warfare is useless in that realm. So he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That comes from the Holy Spirit. He says, be strong in the Lord and be strong in the power of his might. Why? Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against whom the wiles of the devil. Why? Because we are wrestling. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But we are wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that is where what's what's what where the power is needed for. This power is needed for a spiritual battle. Okay. So we need to understand the 
power factor. The Holy Spirit comes in different different formats. The spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, all the things. But there is something which is called power. So when in Isaiah chapter 11, when it says the spirit of the Lord came upon mm. him, mm. okay, so you will see in Acts 13, 26 or 36, Jesus was endowed with Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. Ten thirty eight. Okay. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You can be anointed with the Holy Spirit without power. Because you didn't ask for it. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And power. And mm. then what is he doing? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So mm. the, the devil is oppressing people. They are sick. They are in discouragement, depression, everything. And you have to set them free. You need power. Yeah. Because you have to fight power with power. Mm. The devil has power. And in that power, through deception, he has subjugated masses. And Jesus is going to deliver. Mm. And his servants also deliver. But to deliver what you need, you need power. That's what. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit automatically will make you, run you into conflict. It will run you into conflict. And the pattern is set by Jesus Christ. First personal. First personal. In Acts, um, Luke chapter 4, 1, you will see it's first personal. He's tested by, by filled with the Holy Spirit. See, look at that. That's uh, four, uh, Matthew 4 and this one. The difference you will see here is much more chronological. Filled full of the Holy Spirit and he's, he's being tempted by. And now if you come to verse 14, okay, and now he's moved to another level. Now he has faced, okay, now being filled with the 14-14. Return in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out through all the surroundings, and then in verse 18, when he's going to preach, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Okay? So he's talking. So the anointing is for preaching. And anointing is for learning. Okay, anointing. There are different kinds of anointing. So you need to see the manifestation of the working of the Holy Spirit. Don't put it into one narrow frame. Mm. The Spirit of God works in so many different, different ways. So Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him and with power. So we need all this because the reason is we are fighting an unseen enemy every moment of our day daily, who opposes the plans and the purposes of God individually, corporately and in nations. So that's why we need it. So you automatically are open into a battle. Okay. So the thing is that in the new covenant, of course in the, in the first when it began, it was 40 days. But now people should just go and receive it immediately and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Just mm. not born again, but fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can fight. Otherwise, you will fight battles with discouragement and depression personally. That is the personal battle, constant battle with discouragement, depression, mind wandering into the world. All these battles are there in the mind. How do you overcome and keep your mind focused on the kingdom and the purposes even as you are in your workplace and be a witness? How do you do that? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables you to do that. Yes, Pastor. So there's another question related to this. Again, this is again uh, based upon the, this is on the baptism of the Holy Spirit for uh, 
when Philip goes to Samaria and yeah, Jesus. Yeah. This is question number five. The people of Samaria had heard the gospel preached. They had believed and they had been baptized. Therefore, we know on the authority of Christ's own words, they were saved. Yet the same people up to this time had not received the Holy Spirit. How come? Acts chapter 8 verses 14 to 17. Okay, let's have Acts 8, 14 to 17. Okay. <clears throat> now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit and when Simon's, okay, that's enough, okay, uh, the Holy Spirit was given to them. Now you go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the same verse we read earlier. Okay. <coughs> you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay. Yeah. So God is, God is setting a pattern. A pattern. There are two patterns he's setting. One is a geographical pattern and then there is an order. Mm. Okay. When he's beginning something. So you will see the Holy Spirit fell upon everyone in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem, Judea is a geographical entity that consists of Jews. Yes. Okay. From there it goes to Samaria. Half Jews. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are half Jews. Mm. They are mixed breed. Um, father could be Jew and mother could be Gentile or mother could be Jew and father could be Gentile, whatever it is. Okay, so these are the Samaritans. So from there it moves to the mixed group. So when it goes to the from there it goes to the Gentiles, Gentiles. which is in Cornelius house. Okay, so it is. So when it is first time when it is going to the mixed group over there, what is happening is God is setting an order. God is setting an order. Okay? Oh, God is setting an order. This is the first time. After that, it doesn't have to happen that way. God is setting an order. You mm -hmm. see, it is Philip the evangelist who went and uh, preached, preached to them. Christ. And they received Jesus and they were baptized. But to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he is going for the first time according to his appointed order that the church is built on the apostolic ministry. That's mm. where Peter and John are sent, who are apostles. Mm -hmm. Apostles. Peter and John are sent. First, you need to realize the, the order. The yeah. evangelist goes and preaches. Mm. But it is the apostles who will come. After that, you don't need the apostolic ministry once it is established in a particular place. Mm -hmm. Okay? But the apostle has to go first. In this, in this order, okay? I'm not saying now, but I'm saying in the beginning when the church is happening. Mm. So you will see the apostles will go, they will lay hands and they will receive the baptism of the Spirit. So now, the salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit has moved from Judea to the Samaritan. Mm. After that, if you go to acting Acts chapter 10, mm. you will go, it is now moving into the Gentile house. Yes. Again, it is the apostle who's being sent. Mm. Yes. Okay, but with the Gentiles, what is happening is that because the Jews never thought that the Gentiles would ever be saved, they were part of the salvation program. What God does is that the Holy Spirit falls upon them first before they are baptized. Because the Spirit falls upon them, they said, no, we cannot stop them from mm, baptizing. But you will see that is the order in which it follows. Mm. The apostolic mission is moving on. After that, I would say, whoever comes after them, it does not matter. Because God does not what you call, subvert his own order. 
when he's starting something. You know, what is the job of the apostle? It is to establish a church. The evangelist goes, he preaches. Philip is an evangelist. He's not an apostle. Okay? Because the order has to be established in the church. Okay? Now evangelists go and they, they preach. People get saved. People get baptized. People get baptized in the Holy Spirit because the pattern was set in the beginning, hmm. beginning, because now what has happened is, because this is the first time the, the gospel message post-resurrection is going to the Samaritans. Then in accident, it's the first time it is going to the Gentiles. It is going to Gentiles. So God set a pattern, which he had set in Acts chapter 1, 8. This is the way it will go. Jerusalem, Jerusalem Judea, Samaria. Samaria Ends of the earth meaning mm -hmm. the Gentiles to the mm -hmm. ends of the earth. So he's setting a pattern. That's mm -hmm. why it's happening it after that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it happened after that like that because it is not recorded after that. But every time it is the first time he, he does not support his own authority and he uses the apostolic order to transmit this power or the authority or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Pastor. It's basically upon by the laying on, laying of laying, laying of the hands. hands. Yeah. So this question again on the laying of hands, Pastor. This is question number six. Um, uh, it says uh, this is of talking about the ordination of uh, yeah, of uh, uh, Joshua, Joshua. In Numbers chapter twenty-seven, verse twenty-two to twenty-three, Moses carried out the commandment of the Lord. Please explain. Moses's action produced a tremendous result in Joshua in Deuteronomy chapter thirty-four, verse nine. Please explain this to me. The, okay. the laying on of hands. Please. Numbers, yeah. 27. Yeah, 27, 22, 22 23, 23, and then Deuteronomy 34, 9. 9. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. This God telling, the next leader is chosen, okay? He took Joshua and set him before Elias the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. First, you need also understand, this is from where you get the term, the President of America's inauguration. Okay. Otherwise, you would under we would wonder why is this term only used in America, the president's inauguration, because they are going by biblical pattern. Joshua is the first leader of the new land after this thing, so it is mm. inauguration. The promised land is <laughs> being inaugurated as the next leader. Mm. Okay, he's being inaugurated as a, like in Moses' case, he was called by God, anointed by God, and sent. The first man is always like that. The second man is always picked by God through the first man, and then there is a laying of hands. Okay, so and the priest is also there. The priest is also there. So you have the priest, he set him before Elias of the priest, and he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Now the result of it you will see in Deuteronomy 34. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him, so the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded. So there is an impartation. Mm. When he's going to lead a nation or lead an entity, whatever it is, by the laying of hands. We saw earlier, that's why there's a doctrine of laying, laying of hands. hands. It's a doctrine, a doctrine of laying hands. So every time the hands are laid, it is not the same thing that happens. Mm. In this case, what is happening is he receiving the spirit of wisdom because a leader needs wisdom how to govern. 
He needs wisdom how to govern because he's going to lead a new set of young people to conquer a land and that will be done in less than three, four, five years. They'll have conquered the land. Then they're going to live there and he has to set and establish. See, remember, this is what Solomon also asked. He said, give yeah. me wisdom and God gave him. He says, what do you want? Ask anything. And he says, I want wisdom. Okay, he want wisdom because what does a leader basically need? What do you basically need? You need wisdom. wisdom. You need wisdom, okay? Because on earth, see, when you're, t- when you're talking, we're not talking about the spiritual side of it. You're not fighting the devil and his forces in the Old Testament. You are fighting canonites and physical enemies. For that, you need wisdom. Power comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. And you have an army. You have an army. But you need wisdom. Okay, you need wisdom. So that is basically what is happening. Now when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what is happening is that by the laying of hands, they receive power. Mm-hmm. Okay, by laying of hands, if you go to First Timothy 1-6, uh, six. 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 Yes. Mm. Uh, so actually one, to Second Timothy 1-6. Second Timothy 1-6, not First Timothy. Okay. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. There can be a, you receive a gift by the laying of hands of the leadership. Okay. So, these are all part of ministry of the, part of the doctrine of the laying of hands. You receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay. In this case, he's saying, you have the gift with you. Now stir it up. Okay, you have the gift. When I lay hands upon you, I know I imparted a gift onto you. Now stir up that gift and use it for the kingdom of God. Okay, then there is another thing also. The thing in, in Moses' cases, in Joshua's case, is that when Moses is laying hand, it is also public acknowledgement mm. that he is the next leader. Mm. Next leader. Like now, uh, May, next year, May 14th or 16th or something is... When Prince Charles, King Charles' inauguration, his coronation, he'll be not inaugurated. He will be officially crowned as the King of England, Scotland, and Wales. Okay, but you need to realize that the one who will crown him is the Archbishop of Canterbury. Canterbury, yes. The Archbishop of Canterbury is the one who will crown him, and when he does it, he is acknowledging that it is the Church. That is giving him that it is it's divine. It mm. is has a rep- that's why Eliezer is there. Mm. Now there is no Moses. In Charles's case, there is no Moses. So if Moses had not been there, <coughs> who would have laid hands upon him? Eliezer would have laid hands mm. on him as the representative. But as long as Moses is there, Moses is the representative of God mm. on earth before the people. But once Moses is gone, it is the priest. It is the priest. So you, you see that pattern. In US, what has happened is it is not a priest because it's a republic, more in terms of separation of the state and the religion. It's the chief justice. In our case, it is the chief justice who will swear in the Rashtrapati and the Rashtrapati will swear in the prime minister. Mm, yes. Okay, because they keep it separate. But, uh, in Britain, it is not kept separate. Okay, it's the Archbishop of Canterbury. Who will crown? Okay, so it because uh, Israel is a theocratic state. Hmm. Okay, uh, if Moses had not, and Moses also is remember Moses is from the tribe of Levi, so he is from the priestly tribe. 
Because he was chosen mm, yes. to be the leader mm. to lead Israel, it was his elder brother Aaron who was chosen as the high priest. But at this time, Aaron is dead. Yes, Elias. So his son Elias, other two sons were killed mm. by God, executed by God. So this is the third son, Elias. Mm. So before Elias, the pattern is there. So the actual pattern would be like like today, if Israel were to be there, there is no Moses. It is Elias who would. Hood. Or it would be like somebody like Samuel, the prophet, the priest, the judge. He has three roles over there. So he will take the oil and he would anoint. When he has anointing, it's a laying of hands. It's a laying of hands. And Samuel would anoint David and you would see the Spirit of God comes upon him. Okay, Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God that comes upon him is not the Spirit of wisdom, it's the Spirit of power. Hmm. Yes, it's yes, a spirit yes. of power and might. So you will see this pattern is always there. It is through the laying of hands, the same anointing has passed on for 2000 years. Wow. <laughs> continuity. It's, it's, mm. it's a continuity. How is it continued? It is through the laying of hands. Continued from generation to generation to generation. <coughs> the laying of hands takes place and leadership is passed on. And that is... That is the way it is done. So if you are, if you were in the Catholic Church like we were, if you were born in the Catholic Church, you were baptized, I was baptized on the eighth day. But there is a term when you just call confirmation. Yeah. When you are eight or ten years old, it's a big thing in the church. All the children are brought who have been baptized, sprinkled, not baptized, sprinkled. And the bishop comes. And he lays hands upon the children by which they are receiving supposedly the Holy Spirit. Nothing of that happens. <laughs> but they also follow the format. Okay, but just an outer shell with no substance inside because the child is not saved in the first place. And when he's being laid hands, he has no clue what is happening. So it's a huge ceremony. And our family of five, I was the only one who didn't go through it. God kept me out of it. All the other four who are in town have gone through it because they all grew up. So God had given me always exemption from all these Catholic things. Never took communion there, never was confirmed there. Why and how is a divine miracle? Because just like this, he told Jeremiah, no, even before you formed in your mother's womb, mm-hmm. I had chosen you to be a Protestant pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so he kept me from all that. Uh, yes. Hallelujah. Pastor, another question, and again on uh, uh, miracles, workings, etc. This is question number one. Question number one. Um, people were healed in scripture through prophetic action. Jesus made clay with saliva, rubbed it in a blind man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Naaman the leper had to dip the Jordan River seven times. When God chooses to do it by a certain method, no other method or no other means will work. Is that right? Would you agree? We try everything, but it does not work. All our plans fail sometimes because we have to get it done the way God wants it done. Please your comments on this. Yes. There are two things over there. One is, uh, one is, uh, like what God is, Christ or God is trying to do is, why does he put a particular method in many cases is to see that our faith is generated. Our faith is mm. generated. Okay. Mm. Like I keep saying, faith has many parts. The first thing of faith, it comes from hearing. Mm. Okay, you hear. Second thing is, you believe. In cases like this, there is not so much of 
speaking, but there is so much of doing. Sometimes when you are believing for a miracle, you have heard and you have believed, but it is sometime in future. There is no action probably, but what is required is the speaking. Mm. That proves you believe what you have heard. Amen. When you're speaking, contradicts what you have heard. That means you have not believed. So there are four things over here. One is Hallelujah. hearing, one is believing, one is speaking, doing. and one is doing. Yes. But in some cases, speaking isn't there because mm. it is immediate. So instead of speaking, because it is not delayed but immediate, there is an action required. Yes. The yes. action is the proof that you have believed. Amen. Mm. And if you try to contradict that action, it will not work. It will not work because it says either you have not believed or you are rebellious. So he has to dip six times, seven times. Mm. Five, six won't work. Mm. It is seven. Mm. He has to go to the pool at Shalom and not any other pool. There may be a jug of water nearby. Somebody may offer it. It will not work. Work. It will not work because you have to believe and obey what was told. That is the, this is what we call the, uh, than the practical living of faith. This is what is called the obedience that that comes comes from from faith. faith. Amen. And if you disobey, Mm -hmm. if you disobey, either you don't receive your miracle or like that prophet, remember the young prophet? You destroyed. You will be because you disobeyed, you will die. I'm not saying in this normal cases, but you won't receive your miracle. So you will always see there are things that are told. You will see. You will always see if you look like I have always said the eight miracles, which are signs in the gospel according to John, seven before resurrection, one after resurrection. In almost in every case, you will see there is something they are asked to do. In the first case, he's just started his ministry. Three days, there are disciples with him. They are not disciples, but they are disciples. You cannot trust them because they are not used to obeying and listening. And also, he doesn't use any of the disciples at the wedding of Cana. He uses the lowest of the servants who are used to obeying without orders. (laughs) So he uses, these are the servants who are there to wash the feet of the guests. So he tells the servants. He doesn't tell his disciples. He tells the servants, fill the jars. And the Bible says they filled it to the brim. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. Because you need to realize the issue is the wedding has run, the, the wine has run out. That would mean all the guests are already in there and nobody needs their feet to be washed. Yeah. Because they're already inside. Yeah. Already inside. Wedding has been mm-hmm. going on for quite some time. Eating has been mm-hmm. going on. So mm-hmm. the servants don't ask any question. Uh, everybody's feet is washed. Why should we need to fill the jars? No questions asked. They fill it. Next thing they said, he said, take a cup of whatever and take it to the master of the ceremonies. And now they don't ask because they would ask, this is used for washing feet. We take it to the guests inside, to the steward inside. It looks very silly, but they don't ask. And because there is an obedience of what he is being telling, these two actions, there's an obedience. You will see the water turns to wine. Mm. Water turns to wine. So everywhere there is something that is always mm. us. To the yes. man at the pool at Bethsheda, Jesus says, pick up your mat mm. and go. And he picks up his mat and goes. Yeah. And you see, there's an action required. To the other nobleman who comes and says, my child, son, or child, or whatever is yeah. healed go. over there. He says, how long should he says, go, mm. your servant is healed. And now he has to act on it because the action is required is go. He said, will you come? He said, no, you go. Your servant. But the servant is far away. Servant or son or whatever. Son, son. Son is far away. 
Now that quite far away. But now the question asked is, the, the, the answer is go. Now the question is, if you believe there's an action, the belief is that you don't tarry, you don't feel, please come lay hands, no, you go. And he believed and he left. Yeah. And he gets the report, the son is healed. The feeding of the 5,000, Jesus tells two things. So, One, give the loaves to me. You're looking at it, it's impossible. Five loaves to me, give it to me. One thing. Second, sit in so groups no. of 50. Absolutely. That's all. And then he does. So those two things should be done. One, give it to me. Hmm. You have to give it to him. Yes. Second, he says, do what he says. And the Bible hmm. is very clear. Only those who sat were fed. Oh. Okay. So everywhere you will see. The other one is Lazarus, this thing. He says, remove the stone. And all the arguments, four days dead, smelling, all that he says, remove the stone. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. And the act of them believing is removing the stone. Mm. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Do you believe? Hmm. Yeah, we believe. You are the life and the resurrection. He said, really? Then take the stone off. But it's stinking for four days. He said, if you believe. So the act, the proof, the evidence of their believing is this. They remove the stone. And when he removes the stones, then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Mm. Come forth. And this final miracle you will see, Shalom also, you will see the pool. He says, no, go to the pool of Shalom and wash. He's made it. Now that is his part. Now for it to be completed, there is something that the person has to do. Usually there are two parts, what God will do and what we have to do, and it is completed. And the final miracle after resurrection, he asks, children, did you catch anything? <laughs> they said nothing. He said, put it on the other side. And when they put it on the other side, all the fish come. That's when Peter says, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. So always you have to see, what is that God is asking me to do? Old Testament also the same thing. What is God asking me to do? Yep. I heard, I believe, but what is God asking me to do? Sometimes it may be a delayed thing. <coughs> Hearing is the most important part mm. because you have to hear. Mm. If you haven't heard, it doesn't make any difference. Mm. Okay, You will be a good Christian living by the principles of the word of God. But for anything you need a breakthrough, you need to hear. And once you have heard if something is it's in forward in time, what matters is if you believe the action required is the speaking. Mm. Action required is speaking. Did you believe? That's, let's go to Joshua chapter 4 and verse 7. Mm. 14 and verse 7. 14, 7. 14, 7. According to your heart. Mm. Yeah, no? mm. I was 40 years heart. old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. I brought back word to him as, as it, it was, was in my What does it mean? It basically means Josh, um, Caleb believed what God had said. Yes. Mm. He's been listening. He's been there listening. And he's mm. already heard, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. There are these seven nations over there, greater than you. But I will go before you. I'll be like a hornet. I will drive before. You will have to fight. But victory. He's heard all these things and he has believed. Yeah. Mm. He has believed. How do you know he has believed? Listen to his confession. He never changed his confession. When 10 people changed the confession, he did not change the confession. He said, we are well able to take this land. If the Lord delights in us and his presence is with us, these people shall be meat for us. Yes. Yes. Only don't rebel again. So you will see his confession is according to his belief and Amen. not according to the problem. Amen. That is how. The other 10 did not believe. They brought evidence. The land is just like what God has <laughs> said, but we cannot take it. So they did not believe what God had said. 
They did not believe. They believed the leather. Testimony, they believed the land is. But when it comes to overcoming and winning that situation, they did not believe. They said, we are, they are giants and we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. So you need to realize this, either the confession or there is an action. That is the third thing that completes our faith. And if you keep on changing your confession, then it will not come to pass. God is waiting until that's waiting until your faith is stabilized. And that comes from hearing. And the hearing is that. The thing is that you have to hear in your situation. What is God telling me? And once you have heard, you see, don't change your confession. Oh, man. I have believed and I have brought a report according to us. And the report sometimes maybe to just yourself. To yourself. You have to speak to yourself. And many times you will see David is speaking to himself because he had a report. Yes. I remember the day. Samuel, Samuel came and anointed me. And that is what God has said. I have to become. I will become one day. Everything looks crazy. Everybody is against me. The king is chasing for me. My people are trying to, but I will not change my report. Mm. I will not change my report. The report is this. And then one day you will realize it will come to pass. Because some things are caught in time. Like in Joseph's case, God gave him two dreams. For the next 13 years, the only thing he has left is that two dreams. The question is, will you change your report? Will you change your report? Do you believe? Will you change your report? You will realize that he hangs in there. And that's why if you go to Psalm 100 and... Uh, Five. Five. And verse, uh, verse 17 and 18 oh. and 19. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. The hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. Okay, God has spoken a word when he was 17 years old. When did it come to pass? When he was 30 years old. But in the interim period of these 13 years, what was the, what was happening? The word of the Lord tested him. Oh. Do you believe what I told you through those dreams? Oh. It's not an easy thing for a young man to go through 13 years of testing. Do you really believe what I have told you? Mm. And you did not the Bible. So the see a lot of things written in Genesis is history. The spiritual applications we find it in other places, other places. So the spiritual application is in thirteen years. His faith has been testing. Do you believe what we are told? And the answer is yes. He believed. He did not quit believing. He did not quit believing. And at the age of thirty, he's been proved, and the miracle happens. In one day, he's lifted up from the dungeon to the palace because he has been tested, he has been proved. So we have to know which way God will do it. Man. And we will be tested which way we will do it, okay? So God has his own methods, God has its own timing and we have to know, okay? Mm -hmm. Now here in that question when you're talking about the ways, is this the pattern in which he wants to do a particular mm -hmm. thing. So we have to be very, very careful about it. Oh. Very careful because he may not do Two identical things in the, the same, same way. way. Mm -hmm. Like when David had to fight his battles, mm -hmm. he would inquire of the Lord and the Lord would say, do this. Mm -hmm. And the same enemy the next time he would inquire of the Lord, he wouldn't go repeat it because that was foolish because you need to understand. God says, no, don't do it. Do it, do it this another way. And they would win. They would win. Because God is the one who knows how. Because ultimately if the power and the might is from God, mm -hmm. then you better know his way. How is he going to do 
this thing. You know. That is our issue because what happens with mm. us is that, you know, once a particular pattern has been established, we think God is yeah. going to do it. Repeat <laughs> the pattern. Repeat yeah. <laughs> the pattern. Because we are too lazy to wait and listen to God. Mm. And God says no. And just a simple question you need to ask is, why is that Jesus is doing his, all his miracles in, in different, different ways? ways. Because yeah. every day he goes in the morning and listens. Mm. Every morning he goes and he hears from his father. And the miracles, aren't they the same? Yes. The blind men are all blind, but mm. they are not healed the same way. Mm. Yes. Why does he do it differently? It's a question. Mm. It's, it's <coughs> even in the case of Naaman, he has an objection, mm. and then immediately the servant says, Master, ask us something great, would you not have done it? Done it, it, done it yeah, no? So there's yeah. always an objection to this doing. thing. No, we don't, but that's God's way. Mm. And many things are being tested. Mm. One is our faith is being tested, our obedience is being tested, our loyalty is being tested. So mm. many things are being tested over here. God is testing us, and basically, so that we ourselves know. Mm. Now, until we are tested, we really do not know mm. ourselves. Mm. Until we are tested, we do not really, we know. Like the same people who sang and danced, the Pharaoh and everything. Three days later, they started complaining. So why did you bring over here? Why? Why? Because the wilderness tested them. Wow. The wilderness tested them. When they were hungry and thirsty, their testimony, everything went out of the window. Wow. God will test us. Now, he's not testing us to condemn us. He's saying, I need to know, this is who you really you are. So better change. Hmm. I'm trying to change you. I'm trying to conform you to my son's image. But if you are not tested, you will know. Even the best of best students, it's only in the examination he will realize what I don't know. Wow. If there is no examination, every student is confident. <laughs> but the end, the Examination does one of the two things. Either it rips your confidence away or proves your confidence was right. Absolutely. Mm. It was right. One of these two things, mm. it will <laughs> prove. Okay, so that's what the Bible says. We are tested. We are tested. Basically, the new covenant, it is different. Basically, we are tested so that we know it is not the old man who is living. Amen. Because if the old man is living, he will lose Every test. God will never vindicate the old man. Bah. So we fail because yeah. we are saved and the old man loves. And God says, we'll keep telling. When the new man comes, he cannot fail. Amen. Because he's off God. He cannot fail. The new man never fails. So our test is different from the old covenant man's test. The new covenant man's test is basically how to let the new man love, allow him to grow. Because the new man can never fail. Mm. It's impossible for the new man to fail. Mm. The simple reason is that he's born of God. Mm. He cannot sin. Satan cannot defeat him. The world cannot defeat him. Cannot be defeated. Because the new man is of God. Of God. But if the old man loves and the new man is not allowed to love, you will fail. You will fail to sin. You will fail to Satan. You will fail to the world. Because God will not stand with the old man. Will not stand with the old man. So our test in the new covenant, like I said, the old covenant are shadows. Substance is Christ. The Christ in me is the substance. But the 
struggle we face is like the old covenant people. We are still trying to use the power of God to feed the old man. Boy. Feed the power of God to feed the old man. But God says, no, I will not allow it. But the new man and God's power goes together. Goes together. And there is no contradiction there. He's not using God's power. God's power is for him to love. For to love. Okay. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Oh boy. We are so reluctant to do the things that God asks us to do. He chooses to be. Easy way out. The flesh is like a river. The river never flows up. It always flows down. So whenever God asks us to do something, we will always try to see if there is an easy way out. Okay. Now God is not making it very difficult, but He says, I will not allow flesh to be fed. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Pastor, uh, this is question number two again. Uh, Leviticus 17 verse 11. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. It says, There is something about this ordinance that somehow makes it feel like it's free for all. Meaning, ritualistic and human sacrifice seem to thrive with no fierce opposition whatsoever against their existence because of this ordinance. Why? Well, we had questions from from the American continent, from the Middle East. Now we have a question Australia. from Africa. Oh, this is Africa. Okay. This is Africa. Okay, question. Yeah. Now, if you go to Leviticus uh, 1711. 1711. Okay. Now, please understand this. Oh. In Leviticus 1711, this is given to Israel. This is not given to anybody else. This is given to Israel and it's part of their law. The life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So when the Hebrews are doing this, there is also other pattern established. They are doing it basically repentance, the sins of omission, commission, all those things, part of it. But in the Gentile nations, the devil takes this and perverts it because he understands the power of the blood. Power of the blood. The life of a creature is in the blood. So the enemy takes this and perverts in all Gentile uh, Gentile cultures mm. because now, unlike in other, unlike the Jewish so law which God has put over there, the Gentile kings and lords and all are not looking for atonement for sins. They're looking for power. Power. Mm. They're looking for power. So blood sacrifices are for power. That is why God is saying that the practices of the nations yes. that were before you, don't you ever go that way. I'm driving them out because that's what human sacrifices was for in all the nations. You want power from the enemy? God says, the enemy says, I'll give you power. You give me life, I will give you power because the life of the creature is in, in the, the blood. blood. So they kill them, put them through the fire, all. But basically that is where it comes from. So you will see this is the abominations of the nations going on till today. Oh. You want power, the enemy says, give me life. So it can be a chicken to a human. 
Yes, <laughs> like the king of Moab. He did. Yeah. He offers his first first mm. child on the altar, and it says the great wrath of God came upon Israel. At this thing, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, yeah. unbelievable <coughs> how in the, the spiritual realm, how in the realm. But that's not what was meant. That's why there is no human sacrifice in a Jewish law. But the blood was given only as a temporary this thing, by which it covered the sins of the people. Mm. Okay, because when they sinned, what they lost was life. So the life of a creature is given to make atonement for your sins. But the permanent solution is the life of his son, which is in his blood. That's why when we say the blood of Jesus, it is talking about the life of Jesus, because the life of a creature is in the blood. So when Jesus came the first time, when he came the first time in a human body, by the law established by God, his life is in his blood. So he's offering his life on the cross symbolically through his blood for the atonement of our sins. But now he's a life-giving spirit. So we believe in the new body we will receive post-resurrection. Life is not in the blood. It's in the spirit. It's in the spirit because it's a quickening spirit. It's not in the blood. But this ordinance will continue till the end. That is why even in the new covenant we are told not to eat strangled animals, not to eat blood. But in all demonic these things, they eat blood. They drink blood because they want even all these marines and all you will see them drinking snake blood and all because they want power. It's an invocation of and they drink blood. They drink blood. But to us, it's only a symbolism. We are not asked to drink blood. The wine is a symbol of his blood because the blood in that blood is life. So when we are partaking of it, we are partaking of his life. Okay, we are partaking of his life. We are not eating his flesh or his blood. We are partaking of the symbols, the emblems of his body and his blood. That's where it comes. So when you are looking at it, we have to be very, very careful about it, how the enemy has taken it and perverted it. And the same thing happens in, under the law also. After that, it's just a ritual. You kill the animals, everybody. But it's not making any difference because there is an outward reality. If it does not match the inward reality, it does not make any difference. I'll show it to you. Turn to Psalm 51. When David talks about it. Touch me with Psalm 51. Mm. Verse 16. Mm. And 17. Okay. You do not delight, desire sacrifice, or else I would give it to you. You do not delight in burnt offering. He understands. He understands. He says, you don't actually delight. But the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. He says the outer thing was only a reflection of something that is happening inside. But if it that if it that is not there, these things don't matter at all. It is irrelevant. So after some time, it just becomes a ritual. Sheep are dying, lambs are dying, wolves are dying, calves are dying. But people's heart are hardened. Nothing is happening. And God says, I am just tired of your sacrifices. Stop it, he says, I'm tired. You see in how many places in the Old Testament he says, I am tired of your blood sacrifice because no change of heart. 
And David prophetically is able to see and says, this is what God is looking for. This is what God is looking for. So we have to be very careful. Like tomorrow is communion Sunday. After a point, it can be a ritual. Yes. Yes, it can yes, become yes. a ritual. Wow. And everybody comes. But no, people don't come prepared. Come prepared. That's what the Bible says. We judge ourselves before we partake. If we judge ourselves and partake, it brings healing, it brings strength, it becomes a quickening. All these things happen. But if we don't judge ourselves and partake of it, we're just like the old covenant people. It's just an outside ritual. Inside, nothing is happening. No, nothing is happening. Though that table has enormous power because it represents the life of God's but, Son. It has enormous power. Okay, But it can become another ritual because inside nothing is happening. And that is where we have to be careful about everything that we do about God. Anything that we do in the name of God, the inner reality should not be missed. Mm. That is what Jesus is telling in John chapter 4, 16 to 18, yes, if I'm right. Yes, yes. To that lady. Those who worship God must worship yeah, us. Four. No, not 16, sorry, 23. Yes, 24. 23, yeah. <coughs> okay, yeah. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So the first thing he says, the first thing is that, is it touching your spirit? That is the real you, not your soul. The soul has to be sanctified. The soul is part of the old man. He has to be cleaned out. So don't even rely on your soul. It's your spirit. The new born again person is born in the spirit. Is it touching your spirit? Is it originating from your spirit? Because the new man is a quickened spirit. He's not a soulish yes, yes. The old man is a living soul. And in the soul, your mind can be a blown out of the, literally blown off the roof. It can be extremely intellectual, reasoning, wisdom, knowledge, all that. God is not even looking at any of this. He says, are you, what is, how is your spirit? <laughs> how is your spirit? What are you hearing in your spirit? Because when the Holy Spirit convicts a person, he does not convict him in the yes. reason. Mm, soul, yes. He convicts him in the spirit, yes. He convicts him in the spirit. <laughs> yeah, but. That's where God begins from. Mm. And God says, so you know what? God is a very fair God. It's a very fair, just God. I always tell me. That's why I like when, when I go to the poor people who are illiterate. You know, people who are illiterate. I said, you know how, how righteous and kind and compassionate God is? Because the Bible says faith comes from? Hearing and not, not reading. reading. Mm. Not from reading. Hmm. Probably the servants who were in the wedding at Kana, they did not know how to read and write. But they obeyed. They obeyed. So faith comes from here. In the same way, you could be an illiterate person sitting in the church, but your spirit is quickened. Spirit is quickened. Your heart, that is your spirit, the new man's heart, spirit is quickened. So you may not have the knowledge of the scribe sitting over there. Okay, you don't see in the entire record of the Gospels any scribe getting healed. Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> any priest receiving a miracle, but the poor people all got it. What happens? They receive it by faith. You need to realize, faith is given into the heart. It is not given into the soul. soul. It's not given into the mind. It's not given into the mind. It's given into the heart. God has you believe first within your heart. Mm. That is where faith is given, and that's what God is talking about. This is what the kind of people God is looking for, who will first 
believe in that spirit in their inner man truth like i said truth is completely different from everything else i gave that example last week no you have this evidence let us let us let us say it's a spiritual man sitting over mm. there it's a spiritual man sitting over there unlike let's let's talk about actual criminal court judge sitting there is a born again spirit filled judge all the evidences are brought over there and the evidences are fantastic if you reason with your soul this man is guilty but in his spirit he hears there's something wrong over here this man is not guilty but you have no evidence in the soul to prove that he is innocent but he still is not willing he says i'm postponing the case there's something wrong over here the question is where did he get it from he didn't get it from the soul it's from his spirit yeah from his spirit Because the evidence of your soul and the evidence of spirit mm. are not the same. Mm. Are not the same. This is a new covenant person. Mm. Like I used the example, no? Somebody comes and tells Nathaniel, oh, we think Jesus is the Jesus of Nazareth. He is the Messiah. And his immediate response is, what good can come out of Nazareth? Mm. I don't want this one in my church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you hear something like that, you would be upset, no? But Jesus is hearing in the spirit. This is a man in whom there is no guile. that is not from mm-hmm. his soul Nothing because so. your soul would immediately take the evidence of what you have mm-hmm. heard and seen this man said this thing about me this man cannot be trusted but god is saying something else that says this is a man who can be trusted because in his heart there mm-hmm. is no guile okay and mm-hmm. that is what god is talking about he wants us to be led by his spirit mm-hmm. reason may agree it may not agree but once you have heard in your spirit Okay, that's what Joshua is saying. The report that I brought was a report that was in my heart, and what did my heart say? My heart said, "God has given the land to us." My soul <laughs> says, "There are massive wall cities. They are fighting men, and they are giants." That is my reason saying. My emotions are also going with my yeah. reason, mm. but you know what? I will allow my heart to speak to my will. and say i will go by what god has said hallelujah ultimately you have to make a decision with your will mm. but the problem is people when they are very soulish they will go the will will reason, go with the soul reason, yeah. and the new man is not going with the soul the soul has to be, be sanctified it has to be it is the portion of us that is being saved yeah being saved mm. okay there is no saving for the body just keep it blameless mm. but the soul part of that man the old adam the adamic man was a living soul that soul has to be saved mm. and in that soul are these three things my emotions my mind my reasoning ability and my will the will is a neutral thing it's a neutral thing it will go with either the emotions or the reason mm. but when the new man is born the will is supposed to go with him mm-hmm. and that is why the new man has to be trained to hear from god to hear from god and to take over consistently constantly take over that is that is the process of the new covenant that's why i keep saying i mean yesterday i said no yesterday was friday right yes. i said one of the things which god did with me and which i always tell when people get saved is that don't read the old testament mm. don't read the old testament until you have read through the new testament at least a few times and meditated upon the new testament once you have soaked in the new testament then go read the old testament then you will understand it if you begin from there your mind will be messed up 
that's law that's law that is written to spiritually dead men this is written for spiritually people who are born again so you're born again man meditate so i like the whole principle of giving the new testament to people has those who are getting saved read it read it read it get saved soaked in understand how the new covenant works and be a new covenant man then read the old testament you will understand it because that is shadow because if you stand in the shadows and look it will be all your sight will be always what you can't see clearly yeah, if you're standing from the, the shadow into light from the shadow if you look into the, the light, light you cannot see clearly you cannot see mm. clearly mm. So that is a fundamental issue. And I thank God the way he began me. That until I got saved, I never read the Bible. I never read the Bible as a Catholic. I never opened the Bible all the days of my life until I got saved. But once I got saved, all I read was the New Testament. For a long time. Then I went to the Old Testament. And then it started making sense. But if I had been born into a traditional Protestant family who are church going, you know what? I would have started with the Old Testament, yep. and I would have been and I my f- mind would have been framed by the law. And then when I read the New Testament, I see with that eyes, and I would have been really, really, really struggled and struggled and struggled, you know. Because it's still the old man trying to live the new man's life, and you cannot live that. Mm. This it's a failed thing. Nobody in the old covenant was able to overcome. Mm. So new covenant life is different. Mm. It's a completely different life, and that's to what God is calling us. And that's our struggle. Our struggle. The struggle of the believer is different from the struggle of the unbeliever, and we have to get this very clear. That the new covenant life is complete. That's why the Bible says, yes, Hebrews 11 talks about a whole list of people. But what is being mentioned is only their faith. Yes. Nothing else you don't look at, everything else. Only their faith you look at. These are the veterans of faith. So the record is given is when they walked by faith. Yes. And then he says, yes, you have this cloud of witnesses, but keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our <coughs> Keep your eyes fixed on them. Every one of them has to be evaluated in the light of Jesus. And where they don't agree with the life of Jesus, you drop them. Even if it is Abraham, you drop them. Abraham's life is not your pattern. Your pattern is where Abraham's life agrees with the life of Christ. Isaac's life is not your pattern. It's where it does agrees with the life of Christ. Mm. Everybody's. Not even Joseph. Otherwise, if you take Joseph as he's only a type, he's not Christ. Otherwise, you'll go marry a Gentile girl. <laughs> he married a Gentile girl. Mm. Okay, he didn't. He's the first one who did not listen, ask God about marriage. Abraham married Sarah. It was from the same clan. Isaac married Rebecca from the same clan. Jacob married Leah yeah, and Rachel, same clan. Joseph went out and married a Gentile. So he's not your pattern. When it comes to marriage, this is not your pattern. When it comes to marriage, so they are all types. They are all good men, extremely great men, but they are not our pattern. Our pattern is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you know. So we always have to get this very, very clear how the new covenant works. Okay. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Uh, Pastor, last, this will, therefore, this last question will be a very good conclusion to whatever you've been speaking to us. If we are saved to do good, mm-hmm. which God prepared in advance for us to do, are we living according to the to His will and purpose? Or in other words, how do we know or test ourselves that we are doing what He has prepared for <coughs> us in advance? How do we find that will, and how do we find that purpose? 
and how do we fulfill it? See, when when uh, that's a, he, uh, 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 efficient efficient two ten two ten. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, we should walk in them. I would put this as part A and part B. Part A is common, common to all of us. There is part A of the good works or the will of God, which is common to all of us. Okay, common to us. Like, let us say, we both are sitting here, okay? So... First of all, because in order of progression, first of all, I'm, I was born as a son. Yes. So the role of a son is common. Mm. We are all sons. We have parents, common. Mm. Then we got married. We became a husband. Common, the role of a husband. Then when we had children, we became a father. Common as a father. When we went to work, we became an employee. Common as So that's a common thing. Which God in his word says, how should we be as children? How should we be as spouses? How should we be as parents? How should we be as employees? It's common for everybody. It doesn't matter what country, which house, which job. It doesn't matter. There is a common set of code that God has put into the new covenant. Let's put it in the new covenant. He said this is how we should be. Then, outside and beyond that, there is what is specific. And it is not the same. What is common is the whole body is common. We function as a unit. But in the body there are specific parts. Yes. And each one, the ear cannot see. Hmm. The eye can't hear. Yes. Okay. The nose can't see. The, okay. So you have different parts. So when each one is faithful to the common, and each one understands that specific and work together, the church works like a body. Mm. Yes. Now if you go to Ephesians chapter 4, and Paul says, Ephesians chapter, four, chapter 4, this is where it says, you know what, verse 11 onwards. 11 to 13. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Okay, this fivefold ministry. But remember, everything we have to be very, very careful. In the new covenant and the old covenant, we have to be absolutely be careful. Because the thing is that, especially the second one, the old covenant prophet and the new covenant prophet are completely different. Completely different. Because, simply because of the reason is that the old covenant person did not have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit to lead them. Mm. So they needed a prophet. In the new covenant, to go to a prophet for guidance is wrong. Mm. The purpose of prophecy is to confirm what mm. you heard from God. Yes. What you heard. You get a word of knowledge, but that's the... Uh, yes. To hear. Mm. Even if you hear from a prophet and you hearing it first time, you don't have to act on it until you have heard from God. Mm. heard from God. The new covenant is different. It's absolutely different. The job of the apostles is establishing churches. Evangelists to invite people into the kingdom of God. Pastor shepherds over a church and the teacher teaches. Okay, that's it. But we have to be very careful about the prophet in the new covenant and the prophet in the old covenant. They are not the same. Mm. The new covenant has changed. 
changed the old, there's a paradigm shift in the new covenant where the Spirit of God is there in every genuinely born again person and he or she has to learn to hear. So what is the purpose of this fivefold ministry? Look at verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for edifying the body of Christ. This is the purpose. To equip every saint to find his role, his purpose, and just do it. Hmm. Yes. That's your job. Yep. Okay. It's not the apostle who's leading the people. Mm-hmm. The prophet is not leading the people. It's only teaching. The evangelist mm-hmm. is not leading the people. Mm-hmm. The pastor is not leading the people. The teacher is not leading the people. The spirit of God is leading each one. Yes. And when that comes, so there are two things if you go to verse 13. Okay. Till we come to the unity of the faith. So there are two unities mentioned in this chapter. One is the unity of spirit. spirit. Second is the unity, unity of, of faith. faith. In this faith, there are two things. The common shared beliefs of the faith or religion called, if you want to call it religion called Christianity. It's common for all of us. And second, each one hears. So there is no contradiction because everyone is hearing from the same spirit. Let us say, I have five sons. I have five children. Okay? And I tell the eldest one, you do this. The second one, I tell do this. Third one, I say do this. Fourth one, I say do this. Fifth one, I saw this. When I have told all the five, there is no contradiction. Because they have heard from the same source. So second one will not do the first one's job saying, no, daddy told me to do that. The first one says, no, but he told me to do that. So they come and ask me. I said, no, I told you to do this and I told you to do this. But for that, you have to come to the unity of faith. The unity in the spirit. Okay, each one. And that is where it comes. That is comes. So what happens of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? Okay, look at that. We'll come back to 4.13. I want you to turn to Colossians. It's a very powerful verse because you have to link scripture with scripture. Colossians chapter 1. And words 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Did you see that? In Jesus, the fullness of the Father was there. Now go back to Ephesians. Come to the full. That, okay, that words we looked at. 1113. 11, uh, 4, 1113, yeah. 4, okay. 413. It says, when we come to the unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, what happens? Each one individually and a church corporately can come to the stature of the fullness of Christ. In Christ was the fullness of the Father. Each one has to come to the fullness of Christ. That is what we are supposed to be. Okay, to the full, each one should reach his potential in Christ. We will not be similar, we will be doing different things, but there will be a commonality about all of us and the stuff which you do, but this is to which, and there is no room for. And the, you know how the devil messes you up? He brings envy, jealousy, offense, unforgiveness, competition, everything. And all things fall apart. Ah. If you are not able to, that's why the Paul says it's not that we don't understand the wiles of the enemy. The wiles of the enemy. Let me look at this. A simple thing. Look at these five fingers. Mm. Each finger is different. 
They are not the same. But they are part of the same hand. And you know what? There is no competition between them. No competition between them. There is no envy among them. There is no offense among them. Just because the ring is on this, others are offended with them. There is no unforgiveness. Absolutely. Because each one knows I am part of the same palm. And we are not in competition. We are working together. And each one at my age has grown to his fullness. Mm. Mm. When I was small, these fingers were small. But they have reached their fullness. Fullness. Okay. That's what God is talking about. And if we understand this, that is why we need to realize when there is envy, when there is jealousy, when there is competition, when there is offense, when there is unforgiveness, the enemy has gotten. Yeah. That's what he's telling the Corinthian church. There is divisions and there is all kind of stuff happening. And you know what it just says? It simply says you are children. Hmm. It simply says spiritually you are children because you are not come to the maturity of Christ. Because when you reach the maturity of Christ, none of these things will be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In the fullness of Christ, these things won't be there. Because children will have envy and offense and unforgiveness and competition, fighting and all. He says, you so. The problem is, he says, you so. As long as these things are there, I can only teach you as children. Milk. And you will not grow. Mm-hmm. You will not grow. Mm-hmm. You may be aged. You may be running with gifts of the Holy Spirit, but you are immature. You are immature. And this is our issue. Hmm. So there is this common work about Hmm. all of us. And then there is this specific work. work. And when it comes to the specific work, we don't have to worry. Hmm. We don't have to worry. Uh, Like, you know, it's just like that. That's why God uses this illustration about one body, many parts. Hmm. And there are parts which you don't see at all. But if you know, he says, in your body, the parts you do not see are very important. Hmm. But they are never visible. Therefore, it does not mean they are important. So don't consider importance with visibility. Pastor is seen. You are never recognized. That does not mean you are unimportant. God says, don't see. So he uses these illustrations. Don't, you know. If the lung, my lungs get so mad and says, unless I am exposed and I come out, I am not going to function anymore. What would happen Finish. if the lungs were to come out? My heart says, you know what, I am the most important. Nobody recognizes me. Unless I come out and I'm visible, I'm not going to pump anymore. You are gone. Because that's not your function. But there is a day kept by God Mm. when everyone will be made visible. When you are visible, it is based on how did you function. Well done. Good, faithful servant. So that is the key. Never forget, this fellow needs to remember, you know what I am? I'm a servant of the others. This fellow needs to realize, we can only serve together. If I serve myself like this, after some time, my hand will start to grow weary, because this fellow is always (laughs) standing like this. No, we serve together. Mm. We're serving one One another. Don't forget who you are. You are a servant. I am serving God. I am serving my neighbor. That's the first thing. You have to bring that. And then when you're a servant, whatever you do, do it well. Mm. Do it well. Mm. Do it. That is called excellence. Mm. Be excellent. Excellent. It's not enough what you do is good. Mm. 
it's not enough what you do is good there are a lot of people who only do good but they do it sloppily mm. sloppily god says no do only what is good but be excellent, excellent in what, what is, is good, good. be excellent even if it is in mean, we have our kids who will come and wash but sometimes when you go in over there you will know who washed you will know it is deepika mm. difference is when she washes it's different that's it <laughs> when she puts it it is different because you know she did only did what was good she did it excellently Excellent. so god puts this thing you know what he says well done do it well whatever you do do it well second do what is good and then be faithful, faithful. be faithful okay because the mafia fellow also does things good and well but is not faithful to god <laughs> Mm-hmm. For him, this good is a cover, and he has to do it excellently, or the boss may kill you. But we have to be faithful. Faithful to whom? Faithful to God. Faithful to whom God has placed you under. Faithfulness. That's what Joseph is saying. I'm faithful to God, and I'm faithful to Potiphar. So all these things are important. You know, in every situation, we have to realize there is a commonality, and there is a specific this. Am I a servant? am i it because even the son of man came to serve and not to be served am i a servant as a father as a son first am i a servant as a husband am i a servant as a father am mm. i a servant as an employee am i that because if once that attitude comes everything else goes because what does a servant have he has only responsibilities and he has given up his rights yes offense and unforgiveness and fightings and warrings come. comes with rights mm. the whole world is people fighting for rights and god says the church is not fighting for their rights they have given up their rights like their master when he came though he was equal to god he emptied himself what did he emptied himself his right to be god and he took the form of a servant mm. and he says if that is what the master is you cannot be lesser mm. than that mm. that is how the kingdom works amen you get these fundamental pictures in you know you that you can live life one day in peace irrespective of your situations you can live at peace you no know, that peace rest you cannot because i was using this term this sun i meant to this week i was said that no your body should grow tired that is normal your body should go tired that's why sleep is given but don't let your soul grow weary weary yeah and grow weary weariness of that's why the bible gives it to not grow weary in doing, doing good. good stay in the position of a servant don't grow weary don't grow weary the minute you start stopping being a servant it is not tiredness the soul starts yes. how long how long how long i do all this i get no appreciation i get no thank you i no great gratitude i get no exaltation god says don't grow weary weariness is in the soul tiredness in the body jesus was absolutely tired because of the work the father has entrusted him he could go to sleep in the middle of a storm but he never grew weary never grew weary and to those who are weary he says come to me i will give you rest for your souls hmm. souls they're not talking about the body it's talking about the soul these are fundamental things because you know what we the new kingdom is about relationships 
if you are a son you you can grow very serving and unappreciative parent or as a daughter if you are a husband you can grow very serving and unappreciative wife right or a vice versa hmm right hmm. this if you are a father or a mother you can grow very serving thankless ungrateful children if you are an employee you can grow very serving employees who never appreciate you or if you are in a church you can grow very serving never appreciated never recognized god says don't grow weary just remember you are serving him who is watching you this a day of rewards mm-hmm. don't grow weary don't grow weary don't grow weary that is why in each of these roles which god has given us ultimately consistently we have to serve we can only serve god and the beneficiary is the human being beneficiary is not god mm-hmm. nothing that i do does god benefit no. everything that i do in his name the beneficiary is always man it's not god my worship doesn't make god any different <laughs> my prayer does not make god any different my service does not make any god the beneficiary is always it's always god so it's always man if you are a father you worship well you hear better it's good for your family you will you will be able to direct them properly if you pray well you hear from god and god hears you it's good for man it's not good for god <laughs> You need to realize everything. It's not God who is the beneficiary. It's a neighbor. It's a neighbor who is the mm. beneficiary. Mm. And God says, "Keep that in mind. Mm. Keep that in mind." And that's how we go through. Like I said, the new covenant is a completely paradigm shift because in the old covenant you have to be very careful because man is fighting man. In new covenant, man is fighting powers of darkness for his neighbor. Mm. is not fighting his neighbor even if he's gentile he's yeah. not fighting him he's fighting for him that's the difference you need to realize that is a difference unless we see that we will struggle pastor we we'll call time, it a day first time we have finished all the questions oh we finished all, all the questions all the questions exhausted all seven oh praise <laughs> perfect god number. perfect <laughs> number we had seven questions <laughs> and we finished it hallelujah Good. Thank, thank you lord so we shall call it a day and tomorrow fourth of December. Of oh, what? It's done. It's done. Oh, four we didn't answer. It is easy to. I, the, Pastor, this was already done in the in the previous uh, uh, meeting. Oh, we had yeah, done, done it done last week. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we done it in the previous meeting. Yes. No, really. Yes, we done it in the previous meeting. Okay, shall I yes, close it? Yes, yes. Okay. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this time that you blessed us with. Thank you, Father, for. speaking to us once again through your word thank you lord for exhorting us strengthening us oh lord thank you father for reminding us lord not to become weary in doing good thank you lord because we know in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart and therefore i pray lord that we will continue in that in this journey of faith father as a servant that lord will be excellent in what is good what you've entrusted into our hands Lord we will be found faithful we will do to the best of our ability and through everything that we do oh lord 
our motive will always be to exalt you and to glorify your name. Thank you once again for reminding us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for strengthening us through your word. And even as we have come to the end of the day, and Lord, even as we rest tonight, I pray, Father, the words that we have spoken, O Lord, will continue to minister to us, O Lord, through our through this night and prepare us, O Lord, for tomorrow morning. <coughs> and even as we come, Lord, to, to your house tomorrow, Father, if you choose to give us yet another day in the land of the living, I pray, Lord, that we will all come prepared, Lord, to be partakers uh, of the Lord's table, O Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you once again for this time. Come into all of us into your hands, O Lord. Watch over us, Lord. Bless us when we go out. Bless us when we come in. We thank you. We praise you. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank See you. you all tomorrow.